Good morning once again. This is Community Pulse, your local report on the coronavirus pandemic in mid-Missouri. You can catch Community Pulse Mondays and Wednesdays at 9 a.m. on KOPN, and all episodes can be found online at kopn.org and on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Today on the show, we're joined by host Jenny Chadwick to discuss the latest news and numbers, including recent changes to CDC guidelines. We'll also look back on Jenny's time with us as a regular Community Pulse host because today is her last official day joining us on air for these segments. We'll talk more about her next moves as the show gets started, and we here at KOPN are extremely thankful for all of the time and expertise Jenny has lent our mid-Missouri community on and off the airwaves during this pandemic. So good morning, Jenny. Happy to celebrate you today and your involvement with KOPN. Oh, good morning, Mallory. I'm actually tearing up. (laughs) I was just thinking as I heard the the Community Pulse um, tune coming on. This this will be the last time I hear it through my phone, but we'll obviously keep tuning in through my radio. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for this amazing year, and we'll kind of cover it here in a bit. Um, But to start with the numbers, as we always do, you know, I was thinking this morning as I um, reflect back on this year of um, doing community posts that Matthew Holloway has been so dedicated as a volunteer in this state, continuing tirelessly to bring us the numbers from around the state as the transparency and not purposefully, like not we're hiding it, but just the time and the resources that we're dedicating to making the numbers available becomes harder and harder. The counties and jurisdictions are reporting less frequently. And so we've seen those numbers kind of jump around because we might see a data dump. You know, here's the numbers for the week in this um, county. But as of yesterday, so our, our one-day numbers from um April the 27th, we had 535 identified cases. So, you know, that's significantly down um, from where we have been just six, eight months ago. Um, But only 41 jurisdictions reported again. And that's part of, you know, we have over 100, about 116 jurisdictions that are reporting. And part of that infrequent reporting, we're seeing jurisdictions, um, telling us their numbers less frequently, but it, it, it probably balances out somewhat now. Um, there was 31 Missourians die of COVID-19 just yesterday. So, you know, well, I feel like that, you know, we are exhausted of hearing about the pandemic. The pandemic isn't over. And I think that we KOPN listeners recognize that. Um, but we do have pandemic fatigue and that, you know, we're hearing the same things and we wonder what's new, what's changing that really matters to Missourians and especially mid-Missourians. Um, we, we did have uh, Matthew is reporting one individual in Boone County pass away from COVID-19. I haven't seen that reflected on the Boone County Health Department's website yet, um, but the numbers um, for Boone County do reflect that there has been 86 total deaths. Um, there's only about 100 active cases of COVID-19 in Boone County right now. So again, significantly um, down. And that's active cases not identified yesterday. Of the cases identified yesterday, there were only five new reported cases. I will say that um, 
my daughter goes to Hickman High School. I know that there are um, identified active cases at Hickman High School. So as we see more and more Boone County residents getting vaccinated, we are eagerly hoping and awaiting for the um, authorization to extend down to those um, 12 and up. But, you know, Pfizer has not received that FDA authorization yet. Um, I am hearing rumor that it could come in maybe the next week or two. So that would be really exciting for both, um, you know, us reducing our numbers and getting more access to the vaccine. So big um, news maybe is that the CDC is um, came out with new masking guidelines. So they're reporting about 30% of the U.S. population is fully vaccinated and 42% have received one dose of the full U.S. population. Remember, when we look at adult population, um, which that's who has access to the vaccine right now, we are at over 50% of the U.S. adult population. But when we look at the whole, the population as a whole in the U.S., 30% have been vaccinated um, and 42% receiving that first dose. So what do the new guidelines say? So um, they're specific to fully vaccinated people. So um, we also want to like consider those Im- immunocompromised individuals um, and, and what they should do, even if they are fully vaccinated. So they make note that um, for certain populations, especially high-risk populations, even if you're fully vaccinated, these guidelines might not apply to you, that you should consider consulting your healthcare provider, um, which I thought was interesting because the CDC, you know, is who we turn to for expertise. But um, so fully vaccinated people no longer need to wear their mask outdoors, except in crowded situations and venues. Now, I'll talk about like, when are some of those exceptions that we see here in Boone County um, or mid-Missouri? So that fully vaccinated workers no longer need to restrict work from following, um, be restricted from work following exposure. So as long as they're asymptomatic. Um, so we're saying that they don't need to quarantine if they've been exposed and um, they're fully vaccinated. And um, same with um, non-healthcare congregation workers and um, those who have received a screening test um, and test positive as long as they're fully vaccinated and uh, test negative. Sorry. So the CDC has a really nice, and I'll make sure we share it on our social media page, um, choosing safe activities guideline, which has, okay, here in the green, fully vaccinated people and what you can do safely um, with or without a mask. And then um, so that, and what they're saying is that once you're fully vaccinated, Um, You are safe to eat indoors at a bar and restaurant as long as you wear a mask to your table. Sit down at your table, take the mask off only to eat. Um, You can exercise indoors with a mask on um, in high-intensity exercise classes. So that's something that I know many people that I know in Missouri who go to a gym have been concerned about going. Um, And uh, we don't require masks here in Boone County or in Columbia when you're when you're exercising. The CDC is saying while you're exercising in an exercise class with high intensity, you should still have a mask on while even when you're vaccinated. 
that you can sing indoors with a mask on. You could go to, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, a fully, so you could attend full worship again with a mask on. You could go to an indoor movie theater with a mask on. And these are for fully vaccinated people. So resuming those normal activities with maybe a higher density of people around you, um, riding public transit with um, occupants on there, um, even going into an indoor museum or a hair salon. I, I know that as we think about distancing from people when we're getting massages or haircut, you can't physically distance, but they're saying vaccinated people, um, it is the safest to do now. And if you are not vaccinated, um, you know, they, they go through these activities saying that you can do them, but they're less safe. And the least safe activities would be that even with a mask on, if you're in an indoor choir, right? If you're eating at a restaurant, even with a mask on, that is the least safe activity you can do right now. Um, you know, they identify less safe activities that you can do if you're unvaccinated and that's, you know, going to a hair salon. Um, and then they identify when can you take that mask off. And so for fully vaccinated people, they are moving to saying that if you are at an outdoor gathering with fully vaccinated friends and family, remove that mask, um, that it is, it is safe now to do so. And again, these are outdoor activities. So I think it's making us all feel like we can start to get together more, especially those people who have been extremely COVID safe. Um, the one thing that we have to know as we consider where we are in Missouri, you know, we are a state that has one of the lowest vaccination rates in the country. So we're ranking at the, the bottom 10, unfortunately. Um, the state health department is identifying that um, right now, 37% of the population of Missouri, um, and that would be the whole population in my understanding, has initiated a vaccine. Um, and only 25 or 26.9%, so about a quarter of our population in the state of Missouri has fully completed the vaccine. And that number seems to be just slowly creeping up at this point. We're not seeing any, um, we were seeing like two point jumps there for a while, but I have not seen a full percentage point jump. Um, you know, it takes a couple days now to get to that next like increment. So it's, it's definitely slowed down. Mallory, of all the things I've said so far, questions or thoughts? One thing that I'm hearing a lot of confusion about, and, and you did already mention this, but maybe just to reiterate, is um, the mask guidance for being outdoors with other fully vaccinated versus unvaccinated mm -hmm. individuals. Yeah, so, you know, the CDC is saying that even if you're in a small gathering outdoors with unvaccinated people, um, it is safe for you to have your mask off. Um, small outdoor gatherings, right? That's not um, high density gatherings and that's not indoors, but for small outdoor gatherings, for fully vaccinated and un unvaccinated people, it is safe for the vaccinated person to have their mask off. It They do state that unvaccinated people, even in small outdoor gatherings, should still have their mask on. Does that help? Yes, it does. Thank you. Yeah. 
But then we think about um, events that might be coming up here in, in Boone County, like the True False Film Festival, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that the True False Film Festival was probably one of the last community events that I attended um, before the, the before COVID, right? And, and maybe that was a little bit risky, right? Because we knew that COVID was on U.S. Um, land, but we didn't know yet that it was in Missouri. I think we found out about a week or two later um, that it had been identified in the state of Missouri. But the True Falls is coming. Um, it is going to be an outdoor event this year. So Stevens Lake, and then there will be drive-in movie um, for people to come and watch. And I got to admit, I'm super excited, Mallory, but that is... <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the last party opportunity we had to be with other people and celebrate the arts and our community and um it's I'm very excited also it's one of my favorite weekends in Columbia but yes keep keep talking because I'm curious how these dynamics you know might play out um even though it is outdoors even though a lot of people are vaccinated you know Mm -hmm. what are some of the risks that we're taking on by doing these things, engaging in um, activities that we haven't engaged in in a really long time. Yeah, so the CDC is saying that if you are fully vaccinated and then attend a crowded outdoor event, you should have your mask on. So any parades, performances, sporting events, the True False Film Festival, they don't say that on the CDC's website, but I think they should. <laughs> um, yeah, so they're, they're saying, you know, it's safe as a fully vaccinated person to attend these events as long as you have your mask on. And that is really exciting. And I think that it's also hopefully going to direct our policies. I got to bring up, you know, political things that happen. We know that, you know, I'm saddened to see, but it's still happening that our bars downtown are just jam packed now. Um, My daughter, who is a senior at Hickman, started a job recently downtown um, at a, a restaurant that I've been very impressed with how they're handling it. So it's, they're, they are not letting guests in still to yet. Um, so it's pickup only. Um, but I went to pick her up at 10 o'clock on Friday night. And, um, you know, I witnessed the, a crowd of people outside um, each of the bars downtown. And, and many of those people were unmasked. And that's where the CDC would say, if you're standing in a crowd of people, you should all be masked. And, you know, another like sad thing that happened recently to, <clears throat> to me when we think about the arts and how important it is for us to start together is that Art in the Park canceled. And, you know, it's my understanding that part of the reason why they canceled was the restrictions that the health department had stated they needed to follow. And that would be to fence the entire um, Stevens Lake Park, um, which would be quite uh, cumbersome, as we know, um, and to put up sides on the vendor's tent. So the vendors would always be required to have three sides on their tent, which to me, actually, scientifically, when we think about COVID and being outdoors, we want that air movement. And so it, it didn't fully, you know, the, the, the report from um, the leadership of Art in the Park didn't fully make sense to me <clears throat> on the request that um, we uh, were making of them to continue to have that event. Um, and so when we see things like the city's bars being packed, 
um, and people congregating in large groups, unmask, and um, things like the arts that are outdoors not happening. Um, I really want us to call to our decision makers and elected officials um, to think about how do we prioritize um, the public health guidelines that are coming out, especially with, in light of these new CDC guidelines, in making um, things like the arts and our art in the park and, and events like that a priority, outdoor events um, that people can gather at but can still continue to wear their mask to make sure that we are being the safest possible. Definitely. I would love, Jenny, in our last 10 minutes or so to switch a little bit and talk a little bit more, I guess, retrospectively, reflectively about your mm -hmm. time with the show. Um, but before we kind of turn in that direction, is there anything else um, that's that's more more urgent, more more, you know, news focused <laughs> that we should discuss um, on the show? Yeah, thank you, Mallory. So uh, I do want to say that the Columbia Public School is holding vaccination clinics at all of their high schools. So it'll be um, May the 4th through the 7th, and you can go to the CPS website and find those dates. Um, parents do need to give consent for students to receive the vaccination. But I think that, you know, this is the next population that we really need to get vaccinated because we know that the spread is in that younger age demographic. So super excited to see. I hope that all of the um, school districts within the mid-Missouri region start to hold those vaccination clinics. I do want to call out, not a specific vaccinator, but that many vaccinators have been saying, here's the date of your first dose, and you need to be available for your second dose, and here's the date that your second dose will be, and it's 21 days if it's Pfizer or 28 days if it's Moderna. I want to say that following the vaccine access very closely and helping people get an appointment, that if you are not in the same location for your second vaccine at that day, do not worry. You will be able to find a second vaccine dose where you are. And I say this because right now, if you were to get a first dose on May 1st of Pfizer, you would be getting a second dose of Pfizer on May 22nd. You might be a student in Columbia, Missouri, and you might not be in Columbia anymore by that point because, you know, MU classes have been let out, so you're going to be back home. I want to note that um, for both Pfizer and Moderna, you can get that vaccine up to 42 days from the date that you originally received the first vaccine and that you can get a second vaccine at any of the federal sites. And, you know, that's Walmart, CVS, Walgreens. Um, you know, Hy-Vee here in mid-Missouri. So you can get that second dose anywhere, even if you get the first dose here. What I don't want to see is people delaying getting their first dose because they're not in that same location when the second dose comes available. Does that make sense, Mallory? Yes, and that is so helpful to hear because, I mean, I'm in grad school. I've I've heard from students who are nervous about the timing of everything. And so this, this applies, I hear you saying, to even folks who don't go home to other places in Missouri who might be going to a different state and needing to get their second dose in a different state. But as long as they have that vaccine card that has the details of their first dose, they should be able to get an appointment if they follow the guidelines in that state. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. And all states are open 16 and up. So there's no guidelines anymore. Great. Right? Yes. Um, so anywhere they go in this country, 
you will be able to receive your second dose of either the Pfizer or Moderna. Obviously, if you get Johnson & Johnson, you're one shot and done. Um, and Johnson & Johnson, we do see some places that are starting to offer it again now. So, um, and you know, the, the Missouri um, COVID-19 vaccination information Facebook group, I know we've posted it on the show before, but, you know, if you need help finding your second dose, they will find it for you. Um, we don't want to see delays in getting that first dose because you're concerned about where you will be for your second. It, we, you will be able to find access to the vaccine at this point anywhere in the, in the U.S. And the other important thing that I heard you say that I haven't heard much before is that it, you don't have to do it exactly 21 days from the first shot. I mean, you don't want to delay it, but there's a little bit of a buffer in case you, you know, are, have an eight hour final or something on that day <laughs> or have to, you know, work a 10 hour day or whatever it is. Um, can you, can you just clarify what you said earlier? Yeah, absolutely. And I want to point that out, like the eight hour final, maybe you don't want your second dose on day 21 because you have a final the next day and you have heard and very accurately so that people have, you know, some symptoms after the second dose. And, and I've also heard that people are like worried about getting that second dose and wondering if they still should. And so I want to say, yes, um, all CDC, all public health guidelines say you should get that second dose. But if you do have a final on the 21st day or the 22nd day and you're worried about not feeling well, yes, you can wait up to 42 days. And the CDC says that uh, that is an acceptable time period. And, you know, we have rebooked a lot of people for second vaccines that, you know, maybe broke their ankle and ended up being at the doctor that day and missed their appointment. Um, you know, things come up in life and it is not a, you have to do it on the 21st day or you have to do it on the 28th day. There is some days wiggle room in here. Awesome. Well, thank you for clarifying that. And, yeah. you know, as we kind of think about what's ahead, you know, we're talking about how guidelines are changing and, um, whatnot. Maybe we could take a minute to look back at all of the different topics and guests that you've invited on the show during your time with us, Jenny. I mean, I feel like sitting here at the soundboard in the KOPN studios, I have learned so much about public health from you and Dr. Alleman, and um, just really thankful for you sharing your time and expertise above and beyond, you know, what you're already doing in your workday. Um, so what are some memorable moments to you? What are some of your, you know, times when you really had to to clarify the messaging that people were getting um, from multiple different places or maybe a favorite guest that you had on the show. But what's mm -hmm. uh, what are a few things that stick out to you? You know, I, I did look back, Mallory, at all of our episodes. So all of the past episodes are on KOPN. And, you know, if you missed one, go back and listen to it. Um, May 20th was, or sorry, March 20th was when Dr. Allman first started the show. And, you know, I went to look like when I was first a guest, and it's been exactly a year ago that I, I was probably a guest on the show. And um, 12, 11 months ago, exactly that I started co-hosting the show. And so, I mean, once you do that once a week for a year, and there's so many guests and so many things that we have talked about. But, you know, the first thing we started talking about was what 
um, restrictions could be put in place to keep us safe, right? Like what stay-at-home orders look like. And, you know, today we report that the stay-at-home orders or, you know, our, our distancing orders have changed. And so throughout this year, things have changed so much, which makes it confusing for people, right? They're like, where are we? Um, but looking at that was the first time I came on with what are effective stay-at-home orders? What do we see across the country? And Missouri was slower to adopt those stay-at-home orders than some states were, and they put in less stringent restrictions. But as far as guests, I, you know, Matthew Holloway, we had on May 20th of 2020, and he's got to be one of my all-time favorite guests. <laughs> not, not only is he an amazing writer, as we follow him on Facebook, but I remember that episode, um, and, and I was so, <laughs> I would do that again and again if he would let us. Um, so definitely, um, he, if you missed that episode, go back and look at, listen to our previous episodes, you know, the Columbia public school, um, Dr. Peter Stapleman and, um, several of our school board members have been on over the years. And, and, you know, those were really great shows and understanding what's happening locally with our school system. I, I mean, we've had sweet local guests like Anne Marie Long that talked about mass making in the early days that came on the show um we've had elected officials i you know i was just thinking about you know brianna lennon talking about access to voting that was a, a dr allman show but i really enjoyed it um kip kendrick um our um, former state rep who talked about the budget and how the state is going to be impacted by covid um i've had mayors from even places like in Colorado on to talk about their orders. And, you know, probably one of the the highlights was having the Yale um, doctor come on and talk about their research on in, the way the virus moves in the air indoors. So I, I am blessed. I can't believe the people that I reached out to over the year, the year that said, yes, I'll be on your show. Um, it's, just been phenomenal. So, and, you know, as we talk about, you know, Columbia Public School, I remember having Kathy Steinhoff on, um, who's the president of the Columbia, Missouri National um, Education Association, I believe. Um, and, you know, talking about the, the real pressures, and I think that they're still there on teachers through the pandemic and all of these safety restrictions. Um, you'll probably never hear me stop talking about the bars. Um, and I do remember <laughs> Dr. Elliman and I discussing that. Our priorities as a community um, have challenged me through this pandemic. And I want to thank KOPN. I said, I've said this to Dr. Elliman, but please, listeners, thank you for, for listening to this message. I know that it has been good for my mental health to be able to come on and voice what I was seeing in the community. And Jenny, what is next for you? Um, are, are you going to be going off and hosting another radio show about <laughs> public health? Tell our listeners what's next. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to be hosting a radio show. You know, I've never done, I, I had been a guest on radio shows prior to um, Community Pulse, but I had never hosted a radio show. And I got to say, I love it. Um, but I have been accepted into a PhD program at Brandeis in health policy. I'm sure our listeners will not be surprised. 
Um, so I will be headed, um, I received an NIH fellowship to work on um, looking at alcohol policy. So I do a lot of um, work right now in my day job in tobacco and tobacco policy. Um, so I will be moving into another substance area, but still utilizing and probably looking at as well um, tobacco and alcohol-related policies. I focus primarily on purchase, use, and possession laws and how those can um, impact our um, people of color and minority populations and making sure that we, go, we restrict sales um, on the retailer and not on the individual. So I am super excited. I'm sure that I don't even know what I'm going to learn yet when I head to Brandeis for the PhD, but well, exciting time. Yes, very exciting. And congratulations on being accepted into that program. That's amazing. And we will all be thinking of you and sending our good vibes and love, you know, whatever, whatever KOPN <laughs> listeners, whatever you send, <laughs> send those on over to Jenny, because you're getting ready for a move. That's correct, right? You're, you're moving out there. I will be headed to Boston in the fall. That is right. So. Awesome. All right. Well, Mallory, thank you so much. All the episodes of Community Pulse Engineering It, I really sincerely appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much, Jenny. Have a good one today. You too. That's it for today's edition of Community Pulse. And of course, just once again, a very, very special thank you to Jenny Chadwick for all of her amazing work on this show. She's improved access to vaccines and other public health information for all Missourians with the help of her friends and communities. And we will miss her here on KOPN, but she'll be back. If you missed part of this program or want to share it with your friends, you can find it later today at KOPN.org and also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. As always, we invite you to share your questions with us as we plan for future episodes. Leave a message at 573-874-1139 or email gm at kopn.org. You can catch the show again live next Wednesday at 9 a.m. with host Dr. Elizabeth Alleman. So folks, we are switching to one episode of Community Pulse a week, and those will air on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. from 9 to 9.30 a.m. We sure do appreciate you sharing your morning with us and tuning in to KOPN 89.5 FM. 51% is up next. Stay tuned.